You're listening to the Salt Creative Podcast, where our mission is to create and prepare disciples ready to influence the world. Alrighty, welcome back to the Salt Creative Podcast. My name is Jaden, and I'm one of your hosts. Sitting on my left is Shawnee, and she's my co-host for today. And sitting opposite us is the one and only Pastor Fumai. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, my bro. How are you? Good, thank you. Alrighty, so you're the new associate pastor at College Church. Mm-hmm. So for those who don't know you, who are you? <laughs> who am I? <laughs> Jaden, I love this question. Um, I am for Ma'i. What else would you like to know? I, was... I love, by the way, I love how you say your name correctly. Like for Ma'i is cool, but for Ma'i, or however you say it, oh, it's look, pretty good. <laughs> I like to say it, for, it is for Ma'i, but in the Australian context... Musical. If I had a dollar for every time that someone said my name wrong, yeah, <laughs> you'd be I'd rich. be a billionaire, very rich. Mm-hmm. But I say for my just to quicken the process of hey, lovely to get to know you. <laughs> but for my is my name. I'm Samoan. I'm 26 years old. And did you did you think <laughs> I was older? <laughs> just oh, just for wow. context, for those who can't see, Shawnee's jaw has just dropped, and I want to know whether it's because she thinks she he's old did or you? young. No way. <laughs> No, please spit into the mic, how are you? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That reaction was not it. We're not going to say what we thought you were. <laughs> okay, for later. There will be a blooper roll later. But yeah, um, what else would you guys like to know about me? So, um, you're 26. We know that you're a pastor. Yep. What Siblings? Is, what does that mean? Yeah, siblings, siblings. family. Oh, yeah. yes. I am the golden child, one of eight. Eight. And I say that very proudly, yes, yeah. eight. My parents are also in the ministry. My father is a minister and my mother is a nurse. Aww. She's beautiful. And um, did I say that I was a golden child? Yeah. I'll just say On that again. On Sabbath, yeah. In I will German. say that again. I am the epitome <laughs> of golden childs. Uh, I wonder why. Mm. But I'm now serving here at Avondale. I've been, this is my fourth year of ministry, three of which I served at a beautiful locations. Gunnada and Coonabarabran, which is west. Thank you. West of what? West of here, the coast. Yeah. Um, four, four and a half hour drive from yeah, here. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I'm a country boy. Hey. Yeah, but I came into this country of Australia and we resided in Griffith, New South Wales. Um, we used to pick fruits, oranges, onions... Everything. Onions and fruit. fruit? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I was going to clarify that, but then I was just cut off <laughs> with the reaction that was. Um, but yeah, vegetables. I picked vegetables, <laughs> which are onions, and um, very backbreaking work. But mm. um, it was actually a lot of fun. So when we come back to school, and everyone will be like, "So what did you do in the holidays?" And I just was that kid that didn't want to share. Because I smelled like onions and yep. I smelled like onions. But you had money in your pocket. But I had money yeah. in my pocket. Exactly. Which went overseas because that's a tradition that we do as Samoans. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was Playing into your golden child? Playing into my golden <laughs> child. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get into the topic of today. Mm-hmm. When I asked you what your passion area is, yeah. you said ministering to people in any context. Yeah. Um, and that's quite broad. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start at the beginning What does that actually mean and why are you so passionate about it? Why am I so passionate about it? Um, So one, I find myself as a Samoan individual made by God living in Australia, which is a different context. 
So when I grew up, there was the Australian culture, the Samoan culture, and fused, uh, that is who I am. Then in the last couple of years, I've served out west, which was another subculture in Australia, which I was like, whoa, that actually exists. <laughs> and now I find myself as a country Samoan, um, living on the coast now, serving in a different environment and context. When I was out west, I actually worked as a baker. Uh, true, I volunteered for six months. And the whole reason why I wanted to do that was because someone actually called me out. And um, I was in a bakery one day and someone, the baker, his name's Chuck. He goes, oh, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a pastor. And he's like, yeah, what do you do? <laughs> I was like, oh, I do pastor things. No, no, what do you do? And it made me realise, like, people actually have no... Or some people probably don't know what a pastor does. Mm, mm. Um, so he challenged me. He says, oh, that's not work. I was like, thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, well, why don't you come in and, and have a go? He threw that out as a joke. But I took that into my um, <clears throat> into myself. And I was like, myself, are you ready to challenge yourself? And so I set my alarm for 12 o'clock one night. And I went to the bakery. And I worked. Did you tell him or did you just show up? No, I just showed up. <laughs> I just showed up. I would have loved to see his reaction. Wow. And he was he was like, expletives, expletives, expletives. <laughs> he, was, and he, he, he swears like a, like a sailor. He was shocked to see me. And then for six months, I went in for a few nights of the week from 7 p.m. to 4 in the morning. Oh. Um, just to experience what it was like mm. to work mm -hmm. um, in that context. And I realised that there was... A thing called night shift. Mm -hmm. um, that all these people that come out at night when they work, you know, that's it's it's amazing. And to be working in such a a place where it's it's hard, there's a lot of lifting, mm -hmm. but you actually had to try and force yourself to stay awake as well. Mm -hmm. That was amazing, and that made me appreciate so much more, you know, the different context. Um, being a minister, you're always preaching on a Saturday. You're always doing prayer meetings or something in the middle of the week. But I've never felt like I was fully fulfilling the potential of what ministry was. Wow. Yeah. And so I started putting myself in um, different committees but also different um, environments. Like I'd go play rugby um, with the people in the community. Um, Oztag. Um, I'll be at the servos um, late at night. But also finding myself in different, various streams within communities that yeah. you wouldn't really find yeah. a lot of our pastors. Mm. Mm. And it was only then that I started to realise that, hey, I always come at ministry with the, um, what's that song that I always sing? In the song, when you try your best but you don't succeed, lights will guide you home and ignite. Your bones. And then the words, and I will try to what? To fix you. To fix you. <laughs> and I always went into ministry with that mindset that I had something to give. Mm. And that I was the, the epitome of God's salvation and grace to the rest of the world. That was so challenged when I started to go into different streams of community and what that was to exist. And that is where I started to appreciate that actually God works in mysterious ways. You know the saying? Mm -hmm. yeah. God works in mysterious ways. And so everything 
that I, I was, everything that I am, was challenged because I came in with that mindset that I was the fixer. I was God's grace and God's hands and feet. Mm-hmm. But therefore, that whole mindset stopped me from actually acknowledging that there is people that they don't speak my language. There's people that don't smell or look like me mm-hmm. that actually need to be appreciated simply because they are made mm. by God. Wow. Yeah. That's so, powerful. Yeah, so that, that was, that's what I mean where it's, it's an appreciation of the different contexts mm. because you get to see how God actually works in different ways. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Wow. Wow. Can you, you talked about how, you know, you learned that God works in mysterious ways. Mm. Have you got an example that springs to mind of a time where God worked in a mysterious way? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I will... Just one. <laughs> I will go through the many and I will pick out one, one in particular. Year 2020, which was last year, yep. I had to conduct a funeral. Mm. And this funeral was for a beautiful young man, uh, the age of 15, who um, he he died. It was an accident. Yeah. And um, I was asked by the family to to conduct a funeral. At the same time, the family know that I'm a minister. But they also said, we don't... We respect that you're a minister, but we don't want anything to do with God. Um, please respect that. Yeah. Before, I was like, well, you guys should also respect the fact that I am a minister of the gospel. <laughs> and so you's, if you did respect that and you acknowledged that, you wouldn't ask me. But now, they were asking me, and I said yes. <laughs> Throughout the whole process, um, I felt like a Daniel if you know what I mean, you're there in a place where um, every part of you is saying you're not meant to, but you're just there. You're present. Yeah. And anyways, after the funeral, after conducting the funeral, and it wasn't the traditional Mm. funeral, Mm. but I realised, and people realised that even though I didn't speak about God, God was present. Wow. Which is a beautiful thing. Mm. And that challenge, that that whole scenario challenged me because it made me realise that whether or not God is spoken of, God is still represented by you being there. Mm-hmm. And um, even to this day, that, that's a significant milestone in my life mm. where it was hell, it was chaotic, but then at the same time people say, and I have to respect the fact that they don't want anything mentioned yeah. about God. And at the time, I was like, but that's what I do. I speak about God. <laughs> I have to show the relevance of God. Yeah, it's literally what you're paid to do. Yeah, exactly. it's really, yeah. And then here I've literally, <laughs> you know, like I can't do it. But it made me realize that I am God's representative, regardless yeah. of whether I say it or do anything. The fact that I'm there, boom, God's there. Yeah. And um, the power of presence and the power, the power of showing of presence. up power of showing up and so the effect of that was later on people categorized me as wow pastor that was amazing you know that was incredible and I was like I didn't even speak anything about the Bible yeah um, the other thing I got was wow you 
you're a devil worshiper because <laughs> you never mentioned anything about God. And, and that was the other extreme. But when you know, mm. when you know that you were faithful to God, regardless mm -hmm. of, you know, the backlash, mm. I can wake up every morning and breathe a fresh air. <laughs> you look like you're about to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> so just delving a bit more into that side of things, what would you say the hardest part of ministering to anyone in any context would be. Yeah. The hardest part is is boxing God. Oh, unpack that. Is it's 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 I've already touched on it a bit. Mm. But um your worldview, your beliefs are who makes you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're you're put in a place where they don't know your worldviews, they don't respect your worldviews, mm. they don't acknowledge your worldviews, but how are you meant to, to exist and minister to them still? How are you um, to remove all your biases and still be able to see them? And for me, Boxing God was actually only speaking to those that understood mm. uh, my principles and my values. Um, that everything that I was f fit perfectly to a narrative of certain people. Yeah. And yet everything that I believed was actually meant to be inclusive. Yeah. yeah. But yet who I was as a person was like only a certain, a certain character or a certain vibe or a certain um, category mm. or demographic of people understood what I was saying. But the challenge came was when people that aren't meant to understand me, my phone on silent... And that just killed my train of thought. <laughs> but do you know where I'm going with that? Yeah. It's like, it's easy for me to say to people that know exactly what I believe yeah. and look like me, yeah. that's so easy. Yeah. What about everyone else? Mm. Yeah. Am I willing to step out in faith to be challenged as well? Because I felt like when I was only happy within the context of my own peoples, people that looked, smelled like me, sounded like me, yeah. um, that was me boxing God. Mm. And so for me to actually challenge that whole narrative was like me going, hey, God, forgive me for boxing you. Can I try and unbox you now? Hmm. Mm. When I did that, I was hurt because mm. it made me realise how many other people, how many other moments mm. were there in my past that I could have actually ministered and been present to people. Mm. But because of that bias that I had before, it was like, wow. So now, if the person that you have before you is someone that's, that appreciates God's ways and God's timing more so. Mm. Just quickly backtracking, you were saying how when you ministered, you ministered to a particular type of people, right? Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to obviously like, if you were trying to expand on that and minister as many people as you could, how would you approach those that don't want to hear it? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you minister to someone who's yeah. not willing to change their mindset? They're yeah. not open to hearing mm -hmm. it. Come from a place where I'm not fixing you. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, I don't know if you guys have that, um, but it's the whole we have the message. Mm. Yeah. And the message we have is amazing. 
Um, but at the same time, I feel like by us doing that constantly as a movement, but as a as a denomination, as a Christian body, we're making it us and them. And we're also slowly building up walls that make it harder for us to minister to people. Mm. And so for me, when I say, and I will try to fix you, I always came and engaged into any sort of ministry yeah. with that mindset that I had something amazing to share. But at the same time, I'm here to fix you. You're not meant to tell me anything. I'm not meant to learn anything much from you, mm. kind of a thing. Wow. Therefore, I wasn't able to grow. Um, and that's why when I say that I ministered only to a certain few, it's because I was only comfortable. But I didn't know, I wasn't aware yeah. that I was only comfortable in sharing or, or ministering to those that looked like me. Mm-hmm. But to not have that bias in my mind, to go in, just know that you are God's representative. You won't get the same thing that you believe coming back at you, but you are present there as God's representative. Mm. Let's see what you can learn. Let's see what they can learn from you because you don't need to say anything. You don't need to preach to them anything. You as a sermon, Mm. everywhere you go, people see, people want to know. People want to know why you look a certain way, you smell a certain way, and that why are you engaging with me (laughs) kind of thing. Um, And at the end of the day, that... That was my biggest crime before. My biggest sin was always engaging in everything with coming from a place of, and I will try to fix you. You haven't noticed, for my loves to sing. I love singing. <laughs> I love singing. Um, I love singing. I want to come at it from a different angle now. So um, Shani just talked about those who don't want to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to generalise, but often in our church congregations... We have a lot of people that come in on a Sabbath morning, they sit down and they're there to have a sermon given to them and to be, in mm-hmm. air quotes, fixed. Yep. Um, so how do we, as as people that are ministering to others, and we're going to come to this in a moment, whether mm. you're a pastor or whether you're a businesswoman mm. or man or teacher or nurse or whatever it might be, um, how do we flip that and go... No, you don't need to be fixed. Yes, we all need to be fixed, obviously, but that's not the purpose of church. It's not to come and sit mm. and be preached at and be fixed. How do we flip that? And it's sort of the opposite of what we were just talking mm. about. I'll be honest with you. I heard your question, but I still don't fully understand yeah, okay. what you were saying. So in, in church, we often have um, a culture, especially in Adventist church, yeah. of consumerism. So we yeah. come in, sit down in our pews, and we're there to hear a good sermon, hear mm-hmm. some, sing, sing some songs together and go home. Yeah. Um, and we expect the pastor to do the work. We expect mm. the pastor to be our intercessor yeah. <laughs> to, um, to Christ. We don't want yeah. to do that work. We want you to, on our behalf, fix us. Yeah. How do we help to flip that? And so it's no longer about the pastor or the, the person that we look to our into our congregations. Yeah. They might be anyone that are more spiritually mature than mm. I think I am. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, sort of understand yeah, yeah. what I'm saying now? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you now. Often I hear the narrative that um, a lot of, let's say, individuals that are, that are in church, they've grown up and they've never had that testimony of God has reached down into the depths of hell and drawn me out before I'm here. A lot of them don't share that same um, story. So when they hear those stories of, wow, God has rescued me, God has come through and my life then is, I'm so grateful that I'm here now. 
a lot of people that have been in church all their lives and they've never experienced, you know, the world and yeah. praise God that they haven't. Yeah. They feel that they don't have a story to share. Do you guys know where I'm at? Absolutely. Going? Yeah. And so therefore, because my life isn't crazy, my life hasn't been chaotic, therefore, what do I have to offer? But their story is actually amazing mm. because they have always lived within the realms of the understanding of God. Do you know what I mean? And often mm. we've always looked outside to gain our, um, our perspective and, and approval. But the fact that you're here is story enough that you've never actually had to experience hell like other people had to, to come to know Christ. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, coming here as well was a big challenge because, hey, surprise, Adventist ghetto. Is it not? Is it not? I've never heard it described as a ghetto, but yeah, it works. <laughs> is it not? Is it not? Well, that was a challenge because the first two weeks I sat in this office and I was like, dude, I want to see the community. Yeah. I want to talk to people where it's fresh. They've never, well, they've heard about this Jesus, but they've never fully, you know, <laughs> Had anyone share about him? And it's not like we're a roadside church either. Exactly. <laughs> and so that was the biggest challenge when I came. I was like, dude, I just want to be able to go work in the bakery. Or, dude, I just want to go play football. And, and people be like, what? You're a pastor. What? What are you doing here? Mm. And then I'm here at the most Adventist place you can be in Australia. Mm-hmm. And then, ding, I was rebuked. <laughs> because God was saying to me, how dare you think? That those that are loved hmm. don't need love. Mm-hmm. You know, they still need to be loved. Mm-hmm. They still need to be shown the love of God because you don't judge a book by its cover. And that's exactly what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I was doing the reverse of that. Um, I was coming in with the context of everyone is is in the knowledge or everyone is in saved relationship with Jesus. Hmm. Yeah. But that they don't struggle because they're in a relationship with Jesus. No. Everyone struggles. Yeah. yeah. You know, so... That's where I'm at at the moment. It's everyone, not just those that look the part or don't look the part. Everyone needs Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, when it comes to this whole concept and idea, what's your number one rule? Or what do you think is the number one rule of ministering to all people in all contexts? Oh, you just made me think of a Bible text, but I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to say it, and I said it again. Um, I think I spoke about it this last this last um, Saturday or Sabbath. God works in different ways, different portions in our time past. Um, never to box God. That's my biggest sin. Yeah. Never to box God. Um, so I always come now at everything with what can I learn? What is God trying to teach me in this experience? Um, do I believe in an almighty God? Then why do I not think that he can move? Mm. Um, or can or can or can't? So that is my... Was that part of what you were looking yeah, for? Yeah, so would you say that like your number one rule is um, to always... Like have that open mind, that open spirit, that teachable spirit where you're yeah. not going in with expectations. You're just going in to let God move mm. and you be the vessel. 
Totally. Of course, there's you know it's it's easier said than done. Yeah, you've got to um, <laughs> you have to apply you know a lot of things that protect you as well. There's boundaries, there's all those kind of things. Um, but at the same time, when you do find yourself in in a place, you just got to be you got to be open, not so much to what you can do, but what can God do with this chaotic mm. experience? What can you learn as a person in the here and now for something that could hit you later down the track? Um, because God is not just trying to teach you in the present. He's trying to teach you also in the future as yeah. well. Um, you're not just a minister for now. If you were, you'd be dead. Do you know what I mean? You're constantly trying to... God is constantly trying to teach you for, a fu- for, for the future, not just for now. Um, the things that happen in your past as well is to equip you mm. um, for the present, but also for the future. So I guess for me, it's when things happen or things come my way, it's not like, what can I do? No, it's what can God actually show me through this experience? Wow. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then it filters down through my worldviews as a person, as a man, as a pastor. And I love to live in, and this is what Norm says all the time, the word tension. <laughs> I, lo- I love to ask questions. Mm. Um, why are things the way they are? Um, I often find, you know, in the, when you're talking to people and the, you, you hear one plus one is two, yeah, cool, but why? Yeah. You know, I'm yeah, always yeah. like, when it comes to, when you're talking to people and you're reasoning with people, it's like, why are things the way they are? Um, I'm always trying to understand more. Because I feel like there is so much more in the the unknown, mm. I yeah. guess. And being confident that God has your back. Um, God has got me and that. That's what helps me move forward in faith mm. because I know that I serve a God that is the creator of time um, and has actually put me now in this place of my reality. <laughs> Appreciate it. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Just quickly going back to the topic of Avondale. So for any new students or students already here who don't know, for those that aren't necessarily doing theology, how can they get involved in ministry at Avondale? What can they Mm. do? I guess ministry is not what you do, it's who you are. Um, So often you have the narrative of, oh, um, I'm starting to grow in my relationship with God, and but here I am in um, my second year of teaching. Should I change over? Mm. Um, that's cool. If that's where God is leading you, that's fine. I have nothing against that. At the same time, I also want to encourage that ministry is not just the pastor. Mm. Mm. We are a priest who don't believe us. Yeah. Wherever you are, I measure, and this is really bad of me to do this, but I measure people based on their faithfulness to whatever they're doing. Um, If it's in nursing, if it's in um, teaching, Mm. if it's in um, taking out the rubbish, (laughs) (laughs) Um, if it's in cleaning, whatever you do, do it to the best of your ability because you're actually ministering. Mm. In everything that you do, if you um, declare to be a believer of God, which is a Christian, everything that you do is ministering to whoever is around you. Um, We are the light and the salt. How bright are you? How flavoursome are you? When you come together as a group of believers, we can't help but shine our light to the world. Um, you know, as John 13 says, I'm such a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> John, they will know 
That yeah. you, by, by the way that you love each other. Mm-hmm. As simple as that. So everywhere you go, you are, you are called as a believer of Jesus. You shine your light wherever you go. You, you have the flavor. What flavor are you giving wherever you go? Mm. Um, so whatever you do, do the best that you can. Because you're actually a representative of Christ and therefore that makes you a minister. Hmm. You don't have to be a theology student. Yeah. You just have to have a heartbeat. Bam, and you're a believer. Yeah. And a minister of, on behalf of Christ. Mm. I love that. And it takes, yeah, it, it puts the emphasis back on the whole church. It's not mm. one person, mm. it's the whole church. And yeah. when the whole church is operating like that, boy, mm. we're going to see God move. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really beautiful place to leave it. Mm. Um, really practical place to leave it. Um, I haven't, I haven't asked you to do this, but I'm going to ask you now. Do you want to sing something for us before we end? What would you like to hear? Hey. It's up to you. Oh, um, let's sing a song that I always sing um, whenever we close in prayer or family devotion. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Islander families. But in my family, after we pray, as soon as someone says amen, they sing a song which is like the closing prayer song. Mm-hmm. And then they, they say amen. And the song goes, into my heart. Yeah. Into my heart. Come into my heart. Lord Jesus, come in today. Come in to stay, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And then it's like, Amen. And you know what's funny about that song? Is because you have to have that one person in your family that always leads out. (laughs) And then often when that one person is missing, the rest of the family is like, uh oh. What key or we're so used to relying on that one person. Yeah. And it's almost like a pastor as well. When the pastor is like, how are you going to minister? And so this is how it would go. When that one person isn't there, you always get different people that take the lead. And it's never in the right tune. And so probably three quarters of the way through the song, everyone finally starts to blend in. Yeah. But it's... <laughs> Sorry, that was just a cool <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's the song that we always sing. And it's also my prayer for, for you guys, myself, um, and for anyone that hears this. Mm. Yeah. Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Mm. Well, I want to thank you, Pastor Fumai, for coming it's and talking privilege. with us today. Um, if people who are students here, if they're not students here, mm. want to have a chat with you, mm-hmm. um, for both options, how's the best way to come and get in contact with you? Where's your office? My office is in the college church. Um, it's in. It's funny. It's in the pastoral section. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, if if you ever want to, um, the website of College Church, you have a variety of names. You got Pastor Norman, Pastor Michaela, and myself. Uh, emails are attached as well. Um, but yeah, feel free to come. And I know that if you do come to the church that there will be either a student or a church member that would point you to my way. Offices are open 8.30 to 4. So, yeah, if we're not here, please flick us an email or say, or drop in to Rejuve. <laughs> <laughs> drop in to Rejuve and get a hot You're drink. often there. Often there, <laughs> yes. Often there. 
Well, it's been amazing. Thank you again. We encourage you, as always, as the Salt Creative Podcast, to be the light on top of the hill and be the salt of the earth. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Salt Creative Podcast. As always, rate, review and subscribe. It all helps. And if you see us around, shout out. We'd love to connect with you. We'll be here again next week. We hope you'll find us again. 